it's time to strap in for another edition of the Cars Guide podcast, the show that takes you beyond the test drive. This is episode number 233, which road rules should be changed? I'm Cars Guide Deputy Editor James Cleary, and joining me today to look at the road rules, guidelines and laws that need to be changed yesterday, uh, Managing Editor, Head of Video, Matt Campbell. Hello. And joining after he and his significant other have welcomed another Berry into the world. Good to have you back, Senior Journalist, Richard Berry. It's good to be back. Thank you very much. (laughs) We'll also take a look at the fresh metal we've been driving this week and unearth the comment of the week. YouTubers, you can jump ahead uh, to each section of the show via the time codes in the notes or chapter markers in the timeline. And big announcement, a new Cars Guide podcast era begins next Friday with the move to live streaming on YouTube. Join us at 2 p.m., that's 1,400 hours Australian Eastern Standard Time, where you can jump in to comment and be part of the show in real time. Yeah. Um, Something to look forward to. We're all excited. But now, let's get into this week's show. We should Um, really want to do that. It's a bit scary, isn't it? Yeah, I think think we really do want to do that. And we fully fully intend to do that. We're a bit worried Um, about it. What's more? So, Forgive us. (laughs) The subject du jour is uh, road rules that need to change. Now, Matt, you put out four road rules and asked people to vote on a YouTube survey to get things started. And that was uh, higher speed limits, mobile phone use while you're driving, uh, U-turn at traffic lights, turn left on red. Now, some of those things are actually legal in some other Australian states. We've got close to 2,500 responses. Um, Tell us about how that came out. And then you asked for other uh, and comments, and that might drive the rest of our conversation. Yeah, look, the, the idea is that um, we have a vibrant YouTube uh, community. Uh, and if you're not part of it, please do subscribe so you can be a part of it and have your say in these sorts of polls. Because uh, on our community tab, we often ask um, you what you think about things that we're thinking about. So, uh, and they drive discussion and topics that we do in the podcast and uh, even news stories as well. So uh, do keep an eye out. Um, this one was just a simple one that uh, James, I think you and I were just discussing. We just said, well, that's a stupid road rule. Uh, and then, all right, let's, well, let's, see, yeah. let's see what people think. Um, yeah. and, and resoundingly, higher speed limits is the one that people want most. Yep. Um, 63% of respondents voted that they want higher speed limits. Now, personally, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think the speed limits in Australia are a joke. Um, there are stretches of road where you can be doing 100 kilometres an hour um, and at oncoming traffic, and yet other times it's only you're only allowed to do 40 k's an hour in that same scenario, which is just yeah. ridiculous. Um, and you know the road rules were the the speed limits were set in the 70s, uh, and technology and cars and trucks have changed a lot since then. Well, um, Matt, I'd say they were set earlier than that because um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we went to metrification in 1972 mm-hmm. or the early 70s anyway. And that was just a straight swap of what was in place, which yeah. was 35 miles an hour and 50 miles an hour, you know, yeah. on the highway. So it went to 60 kilometres and 80 kmh. So yeah. those guidelines had been in place for yonks. We've been yeah. running to the same speed limits in this country since, you know, the dawn of time. Yeah. And like, I think I'm more referencing the freeway mm. speed limits, 110. Um, yeah. And 110, like you go to a, any um, developed nation in Europe and 
110 is uh, just meandering along. Um, and, you know, so you sh- in Germany, obviously the autobahns um, unlimited in times. Um, and I think that uh, trucks can be, should be limited to a lower limit so they don't always hog the lanes. I mean, there's a lot to uh, annoy you about speed limits in Australia, uh, 40 zones, 50 zones, 30 zones. There's even a 12 kilometre an hour zone near me, which is just, I don't know really? how, I don't oh. know how you can limit it's yourself. It's a cycle path, isn't it? Richard, you're not immune from being angry uh, about no. this. Where, where do you stand on the, you know, the Berry Temper scale? Oh, the speed limit thing? Look, I think definitely on the Hume Highway, which connects Sydney to Melbourne, there's definitely opportunities to go faster than 110. The, the road is really, really good. There's a gigantic medium strip between the cars going in opposite directions. Mm. It's a good road, plenty of good visibility. I reckon you could easily change that speed limit to 130, 140 without causing any issues. In fact, you probably see accidents and and fatalities actually go down because at 110 Mm. for hours and hours and hours, I think drivers get a bit dozy. It's interesting. Speeds are a bit more alert. In the States, uh, as a partial response to the, the oil crisis in the 70s, there was a move to a 55 mile per hour. You know, they called it the double nickel. Mm. Um, 55 mile per hour national speed limit and that was a real factor that people were setting the cruise and just mm. it was so mind-numbingly uh boring that that people were suffering with uh, attention behind the wheel but our mm. our mate uh cronini one in one of the comments uh for the survey made the valid point that a speed limit of 130 to your point richard would yep. save approximately two hours of travel time between yep. sydney and melbourne yeah, yep. that's not just a factor for for private people. It's tr- mm. like transport industries. Imagine how much more efficient um, and how much safer that might be um, if they could get along a bit a bit quicker. And to your point too, uh, Matt, the differential between trucks and cars. You'd want to make cars able to go a little bit faster, so you don't get that clumping factor where you just mm. have big groups of trucks, cars across three or sometimes more lanes, all going at the same speed. Yeah, if it was like if it was me, if I was running the road rules of Australia, I would have trucks set at a hundred and right. not allowed to mm-hmm. use anything but the left lane, right. um, unless there's three lanes, then they can use the middle one. That would be my approach to it because I just think that trucks are more of a danger on the road than people actually understand. Um, they are up to what, fifty tons. Yes, and you're driving one and a half tons of metal. Yes. Um, maybe two. You know, so it's it's something that people don't really consider, and I um, it's just one of those things that is a bee in my bonnet. But um, there were other things in people's bonnets that were buzzing around. Uh, <laughs> like um, one of the ones that I think all of us would just uh, applaud if any state decided that it was okay to just do it all the time is turn left on a red. Oh, um, yes. It's it's just the the silliest thing. If, if nothing's coming, <clears throat> why are yeah. we waiting? Just go. You know? I reckon it should just apply for all traffic lights. <laughs> yeah, nothing's think- coming, it should become a... Tra- Stop sign. Yeah. It, it opens up a broader philosophical question, doesn't it? Yeah. Why do we stop at any traffic light? Mm. Because we all agree that it's a good idea and yeah. that it's probably going to keep us safe. Yes. However, yes. within that uh, you know, construct, mm. there are certain areas where you go, oh, look, yeah, this is mad. Why, yes. why am I sat here looking yes. at a red light and there's no one else around? Yeah. Although in America, the one thing that really got me 
were the intersections which needed traffic lights but have got stop signs. Yeah. So it's whoever arrives at the stop sign first. But when you've got multiple people arriving, it's like who goes first? It's yeah. so yes. dangerous. So, yeah, traffic yeah. lights are pretty good. Roundabouts yeah. are good too. I think roundabouts are the solution to everything. Yeah. I think there should, be, there should be a sign at those intersections just says who dares wins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How good. Um, yes. the, one, one point I noticed, um, which kind of aligned with our conversation about speed limits, was uh, Josh in the city said, keep out of the right lane unless overtaking, punishable by public flogging. <laughs> which I think is um, an interesting take on how those rules may be enforced because at the yeah. moment clearly they're not. They're mm. just not enforced. Yeah, um, I, I hate how cops will just sit in the same spot on a freeway waiting for someone to drive past at 121 mm-hmm. and book them rather than actually sit in the traffic and booking people who are sitting in the right-hand lane or just driving like dicks, mm. Yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. like, seriously, just waiting for people to go, go over the speed limit is not saving anyone's life. Yeah. Um, All right, so, so far we've lifted the main dual carriageway speed limit to 130, let's say. Yep. Um, we've got people who are able to turn left on a red um, at an intersection when it's safe to do so. Oh, just go on red. Yeah, just, just go like on go on red. It's go on. so good. Oh, it's... okay, go on red. Okay, that's it. If that's there's nothing coming, further. you're fine. Just roll okay. it. All yeah. right, cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> now, the, the, we had a couple of commenters say that they were heartened to see that only a couple of percent of people thought that mobile phone use while they were driving uh, is, a, is a rule that should be changed. And, yeah. you know, Blind Freddy could see that it's a, it's a good idea not to have people talking on the phone while you're Blind Freddy's not allowed to drive, though. Is yeah. No, well, in New South Wales. I think maybe certain Queensland states and territories can. Yeah. Can. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah. but another person put an extension on that and said you shouldn't be able to smoke. While you're yeah. driving, which is really about the broader thing of distracted driving yeah. as opposed to just focusing on mobile phones. Well, we've got a whole section and our uh, our esteemed producer, Matt Pritchard, is often the star of them of Is It Illegal? Yeah, you go to Cars Guide website, we've got a whole series of Is It Illegals? And yeah, you can be done for even eating while driving as if you don't have proper control over a motor vehicle. So, yeah. I mean, it depends. I knew a girl once who used to eat her cereal on the way to work and she'd eat it in a dog bowl with a spoon in a lap a dog bowl because it was flat right so she'd have a fruit loops as she was driving there's a line so, in there but i'm not going <laughs> uh, okay. yeah so if it if you don't have full and proper control over a vehicle the cops can get you and that can be even yeah smoking if you smoke in a peculiar way yeah i would say um the the other thing about that is um like driving with any screen you know, a touchscreen mm. media system in a car is yeah. a distraction. Um, all the sensors and warnings in a car are a distraction from what you should be doing, which is concentrating on the road. Mm. Um, mobile phone use, obviously, it's not a smart thing to do to use a mobile phone, especially if you're holding it in your hands. That's mm. illegal. Um, it's, you know, if it's in a cradle, I think it's still going to yep. be a distraction. But then again, so is the little voice on the sat-nav that says, turn yep. left, turn left. Oh. or school zone or whatever you're coming up to. What that- if you're using Lexus's media system while trying to drive? Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the new ones um, uh, are better. But- they've got touch screens there. <laughs> yeah, They're better. So- but like, <laughs> even, like for example, um, uh, the Mazda um, rotary dial for CarPlay, I think mm. Audi has it as well. Yep. Uh, it is so frustrating to be 
trying to get to where you want to on CarPlay because CarPlay is supposed to be a mirror of your phone. Yep. So you're supposed to be able to just touch it and, and get where you want to go. But This is the thing. We're not allowed to have our phone in our hand, but we can look at these enormous screens and air conditioning controls and everything. And Tesla, everything in Tesla is on the screen. Yeah, great. So screen wipers. Like, will, will screens in cars become illegal? Great point. You know? mm. Yeah, great point. well, I, I don't think the world would be worse off if they did. No. So, <laughs> Look, another awesome. interesting one, uh, Photosynthesis came up with a comment that said, look, his suggestion is that IQ tests should be required to obtain a driver's <laughs> licence. <laughs> There'd be a lot less cars on the road, that's for sure. It opens up some interesting civil liberties issues, but uh, <laughs> um, maybe if we could make it work somehow. Definitely. Uh, and, and in a similar vein, uh, James Jones says, instead of learning to pass a test, one should actually learn to drive. And I think mm. we've been down that road a few times, That yep. and that relates to speed limits and lane discipline and all of those things that it's all very well to say you can go faster, but unless people have, um, you know, more comprehensive training under their belt, it might be an interesting debate about whether we can actually do it. Yeah, I think the um, the way you can get a licence in Australia is um, not the way that it should be done. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, you learn your bad habits from your parents. Um, when, not just when... in driving, friend. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if, you're, if, you're, um, if your parent... Uh, sit next to you and tells you, oh, no, that's not how you do it. You do it this way. Mm. And if that's against what you've learned mm. from your instructor or yep. something yeah. like that, um, what are you going to do? You're going to believe your instructor or your parent? I believe my parent who says, look, it's a tight turn, depress the clutch, pull on the handbrake yeah. and turn the wheel to the right. That's, yeah. It gets you and around nice it. and quickly. You know what gets it. me? The underhand. Oh, yeah. My wife does the underhand every all the time. Yeah. And, you know, oh, I, she gets okay. it from her dad. Her dad oh, does okay. the underhand too. So explain the underhand. <laughs> the, underhand <laughs> is, <laughs> the underhand. No, we're, we're, talk, we're still talking driving here. Um, the underhand is when when she's turning the wheel, she sticks her hand underneath the steering wheel like that at the top yeah. and yeah. turns. I yeah. know. Oh, that's, that's not good. That is not good. Oh. Yeah. Uh, now, so the other one, what was the last one we put out there, Matt? Uh, uh, it was U-turn at uh, traffic you turn lights. at traffic lights, which is, yeah. I understand is um, legal in Victoria. Maybe it's just Melbourne. I'm not yeah, sure. So if, mm. if unless it's signposted otherwise, it's uh-huh. legal there. Yeah. Um, illegal um, in everywhere else, as far as I can tell, uh, to you turn at a traffic light unless it says that you're allowed to. Right. Um, and you know, you, it's probably one of the most commonly broken road yeah. rules that there is because if there's nothing coming and you need to be going the other way, yeah, yeah, why aren't you just going to do it? Yeah, exactly. Like even when we were talking about this before we went went to air, I was like, "Can't you do one?" Yeah. <laughs> and I lived in Victoria for a long time, and you could just do one anywhere. Yeah. And I just thought you couldn't do one if it said you can't. Yeah. Um, well, there's a point of yeah. view, you know, irrespective of what you're talking about, road rules or other laws, that says if enough people are ignoring that rule or yeah. that law, there's something wrong with the law. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's right. You know what that's, I mean? That's it, like it, roundabouts because, and we, again, we did the Cars Guide did a thing on how to use a roundabout properly. <laughs> and the way you use the roundabout properly is not the way it's actually used. So you're not supposed to give way to your right. You're supposed to give way to the cars that are on the roundabout. But the way it actually works in practice is that everybody just gives way to their right. And it's an accepted rule that people have just done. I think it's um, another one of, you know, who dares wins. There's a yeah, it is. It is. Bravado. It is. It's a game of chicken. 
You know, who's who's actually going to give in? Damn straight. Yeah. yeah. Look, another one, uh, another nice comment we had from Joe Powell. He's a, a subtle individual. All caps, three exclamation points. Use your bloody blinkers. Um, yes. Which is yeah. often directed at drivers of certain European brands that there must be some fault with the relay um, in the blinkers. But that's, yeah. that's I think uh, they're missing the uh, indicator fluid, most of them. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's not going to fall. I, what did I hear once? It's not illegal not to indicate. It's just not courteous. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's actually right. the rule. I actually don't think it's illegal. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Look into but, that one. But before we completely leave uh, the speed limit thing uh, behind, mm. uh, one of our commenters, he's here somewhere. Oh, oh, sorry. On licenses, first of all, Nick Fisher says retest everyone every 10 years. Yep. Uh, which I think is a really Maybe good, five. It's a good one because... Honestly, what are you, a bit under 17 when you get your driver's license? You're yep. 16 and some months. And then retesting begins when you're, I don't know, is it 70? More? Yes, uh, I think it's 75. 75? Yes. Yeah. There's, there's decades, some, yeah. decades of driving with yeah. no check on how oh, you go. And look, you know, I, I've been driving for 20 years and I think that I could do with relearning the rules. I'm I wasn't gonna, going to say anything. Well, <laughs> last time I was in the car with you, I thought, yeah, this guy needs Pretty scary. retesting. <laughs> but I think that's, it's a really valid point that uh, we should have to reset. You know, a licence isn't, it's, a, it's not a right, it's a privilege, I, I feel, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to hold a licence and to be able to pilot tonnes of metal around that could kill people. You should yeah. You should be liable and you should have to pass a test regularly. So yeah, not, exactly notwithstanding, right. notwithstanding the fact that we've said that our licensing, our testing regime as it is, is, you know, insufficient in scope. Yeah. Yeah. We need to apply whatever we can over regular periods of time whilst other people are on the road. I think yeah. that's completely logical. Well, you look at the licensing procedures for, the, you know, getting your Bobcat license, your forklift license, all these other things require more stringent testing, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the most dangerous thing you will do all day, and that is, you know, pilot a motor vehicle, uh, you know, your parents can teach you how to do it. You get a couple of lessons, you, you know, clock, log it in your logbook and go for your L's and you pass that and you get your P's and you've got your license. It's well, just... I, learned, I learned to get my D9 license thanks to my father. It's not an official license. <laughs> it's just on a piece of cereal packet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel, and people disagree with this, but I think uh, part of getting your license uh, should be doing a defensive driving course, uh, and you should do the stage one and the stage two. You should lose control of your motor vehicle within a controlled setting. Yes, that means going to a skid pan. Yes, that means you know um, doing brake tests, all sorts of different maneuvers that you don't want to be doing for the first time out on the road. I'm all for it. And the, uh, the, contrary, the contrary position to that, and it's one held by a lot of, um, yep. you know, bureaucrats and people in positions yep. of power, is that that just emboldens people to drive faster, to take more risks. You're compensating less because you believe you have these superhuman skills. And that is a pervasive and common point of view. And they're absolutely wrong. I've, gone, I've done a heap of these defensive driving courses and... That's it's made kid, no difference. Oh, no, it's made no right. difference at all. But that's I tell you right. what, it's made a massive difference to the kid 
in the skyline who arrives, who's been sent there by his parents, and he doesn't think he needs to be there. And he's the one that's shaking because he didn't realise how long it takes us to stop his R33. And then getting out of control. And he's the one that leaves the day going, oh, my God, that was amazing. Right. And he's not not emboldened Hoon. He just suddenly realises how dangerous his his motor vehicle is. And now he's got the ability to control it. So Should there then be, like, compulsory track days for pay platers? So they have to go out and drive like a dick. Get it out of your system. (laughs) I stopped driving like a lunatic when I started driving on racetracks. That is so true. That is so true. You need a pressure release valve of some kind. If you're that way inclined, you need to somehow, you know, release the pressure cooker valve yeah. um, from, from time to time. Oh, of course, JC and Matt, nothing humbles you more than being on a racetrack where suddenly it's not about beating other people. It's just about beating yourself. Yeah. Isn't it? It's oh. scary. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> well, now, Richard, for me, for me, it's terrifying. Richard, you know, here's, a, here's one that's right up your alley. Mm. Victor Lou, cyclists, not riding on roads no they shouldn't be on the roads it's not a motor vehicle <laughs> oh my god so, okay <laughs> seriously and the whole lane thing get off yes. i was going to swear then but get off the road get off the road wow. get a car and look at you you can afford a car it's not like you're cycling because you know you've got your child and your baby and your monkey they're, sitting they're, in, on the they're bike all, they're all going to work they're all heavily they're all sponsored you're yeah. all barristers and qcs you can afford you've got a bmw at home drive it <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, before before we lead, leave this subject for a stop, I thought another interesting point, just circling back to uh, speed limits, we had comments saying that our urban speed limits might be too high while our highway limits are too low, and I think that's fair. And I remember yeah. um, an expert, uh, I can't for the life of me recall <clears> his name, but he was from Mercedes-Benz, and he came out and kind of did an audit of major cities in Australia, and that was a bit of a PR event as well. But that was his takeout. Wow, some of your urban Definitely. speed limits are way too high. You've got roads that are set at 70 that probably shouldn't be, yep. but your highway speed limits are way too low. You could you could definitely, the quality of the roads, the quality of the cars, et cetera, definitely go higher. So I think that's a, a good kind of moderating thought yep. that there needs to be some give and take in this what, area. Maybe. What's happening in... Um... In Germany right now, in Cologne, is uh, Ford is using the e-transit, so the electric version of their Ford Transit van, uh, to trial a new technology, which is geofencing uh, of speed limits, so that when you drive into a school area and the school and the school zone is forty kilometers an hour, it will actually automatically slow your car down to forty kilometers an hour. Big brother. Yeah. Yeah, mm. you can override it. So just mm-hmm. like adaptive cruise control, you can hit the accelerator and it will disengage the geofencing speed, but. Yeah, I want to know what people think about having your car taken control of that way and uh, this reducing the speed. I've had an experience like that in Korea where um, I was driving a, uh, a Genesis yeah. uh, and uh, there was a speed camera coming up and the, the, the speed that was set in the car was above what the speed camera was suggesting should be doing. Yep. And so the car was on cruise control and it slowed down 250 metres before the camera went past the camera and then sped back up. <laughs> Isn't to that ridiculous? Wow, like, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. Wow, so, that's wow. pretty good. <laughs> just, to, just to finish off, I thought there was a very entertaining exchange uh, between a few people in response to our survey. Dr. Jay Thau, I've ho- I hope I've pronounced that correctly, says, make the speed limit 160 on the M1. It's fucked. Um, and Kylo Solo <laughs> said, do you really want to see people in utes doing 160? 
And yeah, then during gates the comes back and said, yep, I feel any vehicle modern enough brought up to high safety standards should be allowed to. 160 mm. might be a bit much, but at least 130. Why not? They do it in Europe. And then yeah. Surge XTFG says, my <clears> poor <throat> little Alto would prefer 110 to 120 maximum. And Bill Whoa. Gates came back and said, nah, just get into it. It loves it. <laughs> no way. The the 1999 Subaru uh, Foresters on the M1 just wouldn't be able to handle that type but of speed. As we've said ad nauseum at the times, people tend to find their own comfort zone. You know, so yeah. the, the 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 in Europe, you know, the the um, left hand lane is very much for people who are on a mission, and the right hand lane is for people who are happier at a lower spa- uh, speed yeah. and commercial vehicles and all that. And it seems to make really good sense. Yep. Um, anyway, let's leave it there. But um, you know, speaking of comments, it would be get good to get people's uh, comments on all of that. Good yep. discussion. Thank you, guys. Um, now we're going to move to our garage and <clears> what <throat> we've actually been driving. Matt, could I start with you, please? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned driving in Korea. This is a Korean vehicle driven in Australia. Yes. Uh, so over the last couple of weeks, I've had a bit of time in the i30 sedan N. So the first one was a manual. And at the same time, uh, up here in the mountains with uh, the big boss Mal, um, he had the WRX manual. That, so is, that is his wrestling name, by the way. The big, big boss. boss. The big boss yeah. Mal. You got to fight him last. Yeah. yeah. Yes. His, his walk-on song is Whitney Houston. I always love you. Yeah. yeah I know. It's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> it is odd. It's very odd. Um, yeah, so we uh, we decided that we'd go and just have a a, a bit of a lash in these two cars, uh, safe. And whatever but you know we just wanted to see the difference in the way that these two brands have evolved to approach this enthusiast uh, potential customer um and the i30 sedan n is it's like what most wrx buyers probably want it want the wrx to be um in that it's immature uh and it's fun and playful and it pops and crackles and you can adjust heaps of tech settings with it, like the suspension and the steering and the engine response and the exhaust noise and all that sort of stuff. And it is, it's more like a computer game than the WRX. The WRX is more like a much more refined car these days. But uh, JC, I won't take too much away from the WRX because I think you're going to talk about it. But the, the, the i30N, I mean, I hadn't had any experience in the sedan to this point. I'd driven the hatch and the fastback, and um, I thought both of those were the uh, pretty good cars. I, I wasn't as big a fan of the sedan. I, I like the styling of it, but um, I just think that it's not it's not quite as sharp a tool as it could be. Um, the steering's a bit hit and miss. It's a bit heavy at times when you don't want it to be, and that's the you know a lot of brands these days have. Um, their dynamic steering mode is just heavier. It is actually more feelsome. Yes. Um, so, and then, yeah, the I, I love the pops and crackles though. Like I, I <clears> couldn't <throat> get enough of that. And it's it's something that I think is missing from uh, the world of Subaru these days. Loving the pops and crackles almost as much as someone who eats cereal on their way to work in a dog <laughs> yes. bowl. Dog yes. bowl. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, that's, <laughs> that's cool. Fantastic. Thanks, Matt. Um, no Richard? You're next. Yes. You've been living with this vehicle Ooh. over an extended period of time. Living in it at times. Um, <laughs> Tough it's times. A, it's a, it's a <laughs> Crying babies caused it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. We've had, this is a long-term test car that we've 
got, which is awesome because normally we only get our test cars for a week. So it's like speed dating. You got to get to know them really, really quickly. You get to know them pretty well, but not as well as living with a car for like, well, we've had it for three months. It's the Mitsubishi Outlander uh, Speed, which is just one down from the top. Um, I, I know this car pretty well already. Uh, we did a comparison with it against Sportage and Tucson and Forrester uh, a little while back. Uh, I went to the launch of it, uh, but nothing beats living with it long term. Um, I love it. I, I, I love its big fat face. I, I like its Range Rover styling. It's got like a really high waistline and that sort of swept back roof. And I think it, I think it looks really good. So much better than the last Outlander. Um, uh, there are family friendly items like the pull up sun shades in the back. Um, it was the car that we brought our daughter home from hospital in oh, after being born. So yeah, everybody has a first car that they brought home in and, Mavis's first car was a Mitsubishi Outlander. Awesome. Um, you might be able to see a little pic of her up there now if you're watching on YouTube. Um, things that I'm not particularly a fan of, the CVT, um, I really dissed it in my sort of short-term review of it. Uh, but do you know what? Living with a CVT in the city really okay. is not a big issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, true. it's fine. It's fine. It's we, you know, haven't driven most motorways. The problem is there it's supposed to be fuel efficient, but I haven't been able to get more than 450 kilometers out of a tank. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So and that has been driving it month in, month out, month in, month out. And it's so regular in terms of its fuel visits that um just the way I drive it, and that is just around town, and you know, probably using a lot of fuel to drive my hilly area. Was that month in, month out, or month out, month in? Month. <laughs> In month so, out, I just want to be clear. That's, yes, okay, fantastic. Yeah, no, you don't want to get your ins and outs wrong. Uh, <laughs> no, world of pain. <laughs> if you do that. Well, it is, yeah. it is in a lot of trouble. All right, so, um, so so far, you're in the positive side of the ledger. Yeah, you? it's it's been honestly, it's been it's been really good. It's a good family practical car. Um, and yeah, look, no problems fitting a rearward facing baby seat. I, I, I then I gave it the thumbs down in my comparison test, but that was because I was sitting in front of the baby seat in the front passenger seat, but my wife's a normal sized person. So she doesn't have any leg room issues. So right. yeah, no, it's been, it's been good. It's going to be sad to hand it back. Actually. Okay. So Interesting. Very good. thank you, Richard. Now, uh, as you alluded to uh, Matt, I've been driving the WRX. This is the TS sport wagon. So you're talking nearly 58 grand before you've put it on the road. It's the 2.4 litre turbo petrol flat four, and it's with a CVT. Mm-hmm. 202 kilowatts, 350 newton meters, which is plenty. And of course, it's all wheel drive. The, the, the plus column for me, I think it looks good. You know, it's got some, finally, some of that 2017 Visive performance concept car look is making it out into the yep. wild. Um, the CVT, I hear you, Richard. I think the CVT in this car, much and all as WRX and CVT seem to be um, an odd ma- mix, it works pretty well in yep. this car. Um, the car is quick. It's got loads of safety. Um, the way they've treated a single screen for multimedia, we were talking about screens and distraction before. Subaru's penchant for having multiple screens. It's all gone away and there's just one. I also love a wagon. Yeah. I, I just think a wagon is a really mm. great uh, format. And it's got a CD player. How many cars oh. in the market still have a CD player? So yeah. Subaru is hanging on hard. I think, I think Lexus may be the player. only one. <laughs> um, anyway, on the minus column, 
for me, it's too sophisticated and grown up for a Rex. It's, yeah. it's 2.1 tonnes and it's more than 4.7 metres. Wow. Um, it just doesn't feel Rexy enough. You, yeah. want that, you want that non-linear kind of throttle response where you get the big whoosh of power and all that stuff that are the key attributes of a WRX. Yeah. To me, it felt like just another car. And you don't really? get that um, even in the manual. Um, it's much more linear in the manual right. uh, in the sedan as well. So yeah. it, it, it has, like I said, it's sort of grown up. It's a, it's, it's a much more mature car than it ever has been. I had this written down. I was listening to your words, Matt, too sophisticated and grown up. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I found was the distraction warning. It wants to tell you all the time what you're not doing. Yeah. Uh, put your eyes back on the road. What? Yes. yes. Um, yeah. And it always. Can turn it off. You can. <laughs> ah. Speaking of which, so the annoying. Stop start, the stop start, you've got to go to a screen to turn the stop start off every time. It defaults to stop start. Yeah. I don't know whether you can permanently do that, but that was a little annoyance just for me. Um, so <laughs> I, was, I, was re- I was really surprised by the WRX at how non Rexy it is. Yeah. Can I um also add one annoyance with the screen that I had with the car when I drove it? Yeah. Was that you have to press the screen like three times to get to turn on the recirc air conditioning. Yeah. And I live near the M4 motorway in Sydney. So you know you might want a mix of fresh air and recirc. Uh and it's it's distracting. There's no hard button for it. So that's that's right. a miss for me. There we go. Another yeah. another distraction. Yet another distraction. The deep cuts here. Subaru are losing, I reckon, something's going on there because they've canned the STI. Um, yeah. So, and if they're watering down the, the regular wreck. Well, then... it was odd because this doing? car featured, it had STI embossed into the uh, headrests. And then yeah. I think there's an STI badge somewhere on the car. Yeah. So they're still trying to have their cake and eat it too with the STI and thing. The, mm. the story is that STI uh, will be seen across more variants uh, of the range. It won't just be a WRX thing anymore. So, so the mm. STI badge will become like N-line, yeah. I, I presume, yeah. right. um, for Hyundai or uh, GT line for Kia. So um, you might see STI spec versions of different cars as they Which come Which is out. code um, for we're diluting the strength yes. of that that's yes. brand and we're getting a bit greedy and we want to yes. you know, so, use it to sell other cars. Who knows? that they, They've only said that the, this generation of WRX won't have an STI. They haven't said that the next gen won't. Right. Uh, and you would presume that the next one will be fully electric. So um, STI could stand for something different in the future, I think. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay. Thank you for all that. That's our garage. The door is closed on the Cars Guide garage. (laughs) And we're moving to feedback. Um, This is a comment of the week, and it's on top of the shipping container at the front of the forecourt. There's uh, balloons, bunting, the wavy man, all that. Yes. Greg Burville just says, just a minor niggle for Dave. So Dave Morley was in our um, podcast last week. And uh, says, quick to mention the poor safety standards for the Toyota 76, yet failed to mention the poor levels of safety equipment on the VW Amarok, which was another vehicle he was talking about. VW is much more likely to be found on the school run than a 76, and that's fair enough. And, you know, big boss Mal uh, came in and and commented uh, in response, funnily enough, and said, fair point, Greg. Uh, be assured, Dave, Mark, the W580X, which is this high-performance off-road-focused version of the Amarok, appropriately for safety in his review, far from good enough in a modern ute, let alone, let alone an 80K one. Cheers, Mal. And, of course, we know that the Amarok, as it stands, is not long for this world. 
Um, the new one twinned with the Ranger is going to be here any minute. So I imagine those shortcomings, in fact, we, we know that those shortcomings will be uh, taken care of. You bet. But, but a fair point. Yeah. Um, and look, with that, we've reached the finish oh. line. So I want to say thank you, Richard. Thank you. And thank you, Matt. And thanks for having me. And thanks to our digital overlord, part-time eater and minion wrangler, Mr. Pritchard, for his podcasting prowess. He's heading to another Pritchard family gathering in the wilds of northwest Tasmania for the next few weeks. And we'll look forward to the gruesome stories when he's back on deck. <laughs> but today, he's wearing a T-shirt he'll be in on the first day in Tassie, which is saying, you don't need to say it. We all know I'm the favourite. Uh, <laughs> potato sack pants and Tuckasaurus socks. Um, jump into the conversation. Cars Guide's on Facebook and Instagram or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Listeners, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Five is the preferred number of stars. And viewers, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the Cars Guide channel so you can stay on top of all our latest content. And don't forget to join us, 2 p.m. Live. Eastern Standard Time oh, for our man. first live stream show. Are we sure we want to do this? <laughs> I think we're locked in. Yeah. I think we're on the final oh, approach. We should also say that the audio, version, the audio version will still exist and it's you'll still be able to watch it even if you aren't there for the live Precisely. stream. Precisely. Yeah. on the channel. Great point. It'll go up and be there for any time anyone wants to watch it after live. the live. Uh, live. But look, before we go, a physicist, an engineer, and a programmer were in a car driving over a steep alpine pass when the brakes failed, just went out. The car was getting faster and faster. They're struggling to get around the corners, and once or twice, only the rickety Armco saved them from crashing down the side of the mountain they were all sure they were going to die when suddenly an escape ramp. They pull into it and soon come safely to a halt. They've all caught their breath. The dust settled. The physicist says, we need to model the friction in the brake pads and the resultant temperature rise, see if we can work out why they failed. The engineer says, well, actually, I think I've got a few spanners in the back. I'll take a look and see if I can work out what's wrong. You know? And the programmer says... Why don't we get going again and see if it's reproducible? <laughs> <sighs>